Here we go. So you want to do a show? Uh, yeah, man, I want to okay. do a show. Or do you want to do laundry with me? Uh, <laughs> dude, first of all, I'll say this. Uh, I really like doing laundry. Dude. My wife makes fun of me a lot. Dishes for me, because I just stare out the window. I, loved, I, I don't love doing dishes, but I do the dishes, because if I don't... Let me, get, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I saw Bill Burr do a bit on this the mm-hmm. other day, and I was so mad that I did He goes, in the middle of whatever he was saying, he goes, in every, in every relationship, there's somebody who washes the dishes, and then there's someone who lets them soak. Is that does that ring true in your head? Like no, no. So there's Natalie, no soaking here. No. Oh my God! Can I marry your wife? I want. I take it back. The soaking dishes enrages me to no end, dude. Well, I mean, it's to be you German. It's it's just germy. It's literally you're just. It's not. It doesn't do what people think it does. They're like, oh, I'm gonna put hot water in this pan. Great. Let it sit for. A minute and a half, and then wash the fucking pan. All right, because if you leave that water and that pan in the sink, it gets the water doesn't stay boiling hot, does it? No, it cools. It becomes the temperature of the room becomes tepid, and then that that stuff just cakes onto the pan even harder. How is how? I can't believe that I have to explain the science of that. I I haven't even bothered because I know it's gonna fall on deaf ears. I I'm. It's literally the thing that I use as my Zen practice every day. When I see something in the sink, it's just soaking. I'm gonna make potatoes and then leave the shit. And I'm gonna soak the pan. You're like, ha 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 Sorry. It. Welcome to Married Men Talk. Yeah, dude. I I just. I'm your host, Brian Irwin. <sighs> I'm John Huck. It's Hollywood Anonymous, you guys. That was. Just, I was just kidding. It's just. Yeah. I, I I take a lot of CBD gummies and I stare out the window, and then I wash the knives with my bare hands and I bleed <laughs> to death because I can't feel the pain. You're just like, Natalie comes in like, hey, why is this sink full of blood? You're like, I just grabbing blades with my bare hands. I am so high right now. What? <laughs> How I uh, you, really? You, you getting? Are you a CBD gummy every day guy now? No, I'm actually out right now, so I'm a little irritable. Uh oh. No, I'm not. I actually, I showed you that picture that, that I got the. I think for uh, Christmas, I got the big bin of CBD gummies. I actually haven't even opened that up yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I I like the tincture stuff. I like yeah. the stuff that's a low dose with THC, so you can just relax. Like that's you like it. Yeah, you I, like you I, like I, you like the little buzz. Going yeah, there. but you know the funny thing is because this is all new to me, and and I'm speaking to all the the people that are, it's it's new to. In America, the world, and other weird places that download this that I see on our, our, our Saudi Arabia. Yeah, if yeah. you're listening, well, you then don't you know worry about it. You're never getting it. So <laughs> the, um, but uh, I had to go through, and I didn't know this until I heard you talking about it. That you have to be careful about your dosages because it's not like smoking weed, where you kind of have control and you get this slow build into how high you want to get. If you misdiagnose the amount of dosage you put in on an edible type it of a thing, you're out of your mind in panic zone, which is why I've heard some people that like they couldn't find a way to manage it, and they were trying to get rid of their anxiety, and all it did was increase it, and they're like, I'm done, I freaked out. Yeah, the, it's, and I always find it interesting that people, f- it, it freaks them out, but I guess it's like... It's the heart rate thing. It's the heart rate thing. Like, you literally become so high for so long. Like, I understand that. When you eat the stuff, it gets into your blood, and then it's, like, that's... It's running through your body for, like, a a much longer cycle than if you just take a couple of, of, you know, you inhale it or or whatever. Right. 
But um, uh, yeah, I just it's 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 a bummer that people don't just like okay, I'm just gonna lay down and like breathe. You know what I mean? Because I think that what they do is then they get in their head, and then because they're not used to feeling that way, their mind starts going a thousand miles a minute. Yes, and it's a thought process they're not used to. Yes, and then. And then if you get, uh, you know, too much of it, you know, the barriers start to break away and you're like, oh, we're all just one vibration. And then you're like, what's happening? <laughs> you just kind of start to... <laughs> haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, that's like a lot. You got to really overdo it. But... but um, I've, I've, the, 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 I think I've actually taken a little bit too much twice. And both times I like, I think I turned on like a Rockford Files and, and I was like, this will calm me down. Just focus on this. And I'm like, I'm watching this so high right now. I'm totally watching this. I am so high watching this right now. I'm watching this and I'm like really high. Just like focused I, on like how you high you yeah, were. The whole time. God, man, I'm high. Man, all the... so high. <laughs> you're the guy that if we were having a conversation, no one would want to talk to you because you're like, dude, I'm really high. Yeah, you mentioned that. Thank you. No, no, no. It's all internal dialogue. Yeah, no, no, I know. But if, if you were talking to somebody, it might become external. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's still, I do, and I know that you know you're excited about this because I do believe that if done, if used properly, I do. I, I am glad that more and more states and are really starting to get on board with this stuff because it's like stop. It's not the devil. Stop treating it like the devil. A pack of cigarettes, as you know, you smoked in your life. I haven't, but I know. I mean, it's, a pack it's, of cigarettes, a thirty pack of hams, like both equally on their own, far more deadly. Far more worse for your body, far worse for society than anything relating to marijuana. Other than the the way it is dealt with in Mexico and all the murder that happens based on what they're doing down there. That is real shitty. But I buy Northern California. I'm not going to Mexico, so... Well, there you go. I'm not I mean, part of that. By the way, what's your beef against hams? It's the beer of No, no, don't. I, I don't have a beef against any beer, dude. I don't have a beef against any beer. I, I get it. I was just kidding, I, by the way. I don't worry. Hams isn't coming after you. <laughs> no, but I like hams. Ham says what? I like hams. I don't have a problem with hams, but like, I just, it's just the idea that people are like, you know, I've heard it. People are like, well, weed's illegal, so therefore it's bad. And you're like, dude, that's ridiculous. Well, but again, that, if that's how you were. If your brain was trained that way, then that's how you're going to see life. Whatever, that's... Maybe. I honestly hope that your CBD usage inspires other people. Because, like, in, like I would prefer my mom... First off, that that's, of... the, that's, my, that's my goal. If, if that's what I'm known for, ultimately, that's my TED Talk, is CBD and me. You know, I don't know. First of all, I would pay top dollar to sit front row of, the C, of a TED C- Talk called CBD and me. <laughs> And then, like, have a guy out there going, I think I took too much CBD. <laughs> For, by the way, we should be clear. I... I am half joking. I there is no THC in CBD. You can't really get high off of CBD. You can no. you can relax a little bit. I take stuff that actually has THC. Right. In it. And you yes. know this because you and I you helped me through trying to find out how to actually navigate that landscape versus being a total dipshit that's like, well, let's just do this. Right. And then you I, go in there and you're out of your mind. I took you're... care of the trial and error for you from ages 15 <laughs> to like 35, okay? So I took care of that. Now we're, 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 we're pretty much honed in on what's going on. But I do, I'm honestly, I mean, look, you're a guy, you're 50 years old, you haven't like... What? Oh. You know what I mean? You fucking, like, the idea that you're okay with trying it and then that it has actually helped you and benefited you I believe like instead of I would rather my mom instead of taking pills for pains or whatever I'd rather she take CBD you know what I mean I really would I know it's better for you I know pharmaceutical companies 
uh, don't care about human beings. They just see uh, dollar signs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the side effects and everything that comes along with the pharmaceutical game is uh, it's it's real shitty. Like I can't express how much I dislike pills and the idea that people think that that's uh, a better way to treat an illness than than doing something naturally. I totally fuck the Astros. So anyway, let's and bring definitely in. fuck the Astros. <laughs> burn that team to the ground. <laughs> Houston should be barred from all professional sports. Uh, or at least boycott uh, Buffalo Wild Wings if you're an Astros fan. Go, Dude, good luck on that. I'll tell you this: if I <laughs> if that was the Cleveland Indians and that was the 2016 World Series and they had won that and then we found out that they were cheating, I would have already set fire to the entire city of Cleveland. Dude. Oh, so you wouldn't have been here today? Nope, I would okay. have been in prison. Yeah, and we would only have gotten about 50 episodes out. <laughs> oh yeah, because that would have been yeah. <laughs> a couple years That's ago. Right. Here's John for the three minutes that he's got on his payphone on Hollywood Anonymous today. Dude, first of all, that would be kind of a good podcast if I could call it. Three in minutes from to, a payphone? Yeah. And then you just hear guys in the back threatening me. <laughs> hey, Holmes! My turn! Is that, that's, that's who those guys are? That's the guys I would be in prison And your name with. is Holmes. My name prison. is Holmes. Okay. Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes. All right, let's bring in our guests. Does, uh, guest, yeah. does guest want to come in? Uh, yeah, maybe she. Maybe now she's like, you know what? The guy yelling about pans, he's a bit yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, he's, he's got some dish anger. He didn't have a CBD. I wash. <laughs> he I didn't. Don't. Stephanie Little, by the way, and, I, I, and I'll just get, I'll yes. get to her story. She's she's a a, um, a, a one-woman machine, so there's I, I'm probably not even able to get all of it, but I mean, you, you, for all intents and purposes, I mean, you are a producer, and the reason why I bring that up is because it covers everything else that you also do, which is you write and you direct and you act, and um, you've probably first AD'd, you've probably craft serviced, uh, you've probably gripped, you've probably wardrobe, you've probably run a camera, you've probably done the wardrobe, you've probably yep. <laughs> you've probably cleaned the uh, the bathroom. Well, yep. if you've yeah. been, if you've produced one independent movie, you've done all those things. Yes, and she's done more <laughs> than that. Yeah, yeah. I know Stephanie real quick. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. By the way. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much uh, for yes, doing this show. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I'm not really that angry. I just I, like, no. I'm scared right now. I don't. I don't mind washing <laughs> dishes. I did it for a job in college. I was good at it. They had to hire three dudes to replace me when oh. I left. Um, like I get it. I'm the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I keep things a little bit tidier. Wait a minute. That I, would I'm be a your new bit, movie. Your new TV show. The, the dishwasher. dishwasher. You solve crimes. There is a great book called The Dishwasher about a guy who was kind of like he was directionless, and he decided he was going to wash dishes in all fifty states. At a job, get a job. He ended up on an oil tankers. He ended up in like small towns and like logging camps. He only made it to like forty states or whatever. But it was a very interesting. And he realized read. how fucking stupid. And then it he was, was like, "I'm now he owns a bike shop in Amsterdam. He bought with the money he made on that book. He he like owns a bike shop in Amsterdam. I and just like, love the fact that he said it's gonna be all fifty. And then after forty, he's like, you know what? I'm done washing dishes, guys. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, Stephanie, CBD, yes or no? Uh, yes, and in fact, my mother, who lives in Colorado, just was like, no, no drugs, never, never. And um, and I said, Mom, for your hip, I CBD and some oils yes. and gummies. And she's like, I will not. I will not. And things got so bad that I said, Mom, I'm going to fly to Colorado, and we're going to go to a dispensary. I'll show you how it's I'll easy it is. I'll show you, like, just come on. And she's like, no, no, no. I wound up sending her some CBD, like oil or yeah. like a like a rub on cream. And within a week, she went to a dispensary on her own, and she had her own bud tender. Yeah. So, and and Colorado was because that's how much the pain was relieved. That, yes. In, in all those years of her trying everything else, everything else, every other thing a shitty doctor is prescribing, and then you're like. 
hey, take these. And actually, they taste good. They're gummies. It's like eating gummy bears. Yeah. Well, I think it's bigger than that. I think I think it's it's not necessarily that the other drugs don't work. It's what it's doing to your body versus <clears> what the, yeah. the CBD or the THC or the combination of both is not doing to your body. Right. Does that make sense? Like yeah. It's not rewiring your body to become, um, I don't believe, more addicted. No. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? So my question is, but was Colorado the first state to um, I think so. fully, yeah. fully Colorado and Washington everything. right around the same time. Well, no, Colorado is the first state to legalize mushrooms. Oh. They definitely okay. are the first state to do that. And the only state at this point, which I am hoping once once the you know medical professionals get involved, they can the tests start coming back. What what, what about mushrooms? Well, mushrooms mushrooms are they can psychedelic mushrooms can really help um, there's been studies that it's helped people with schizophrenia. Um, it's helped people with depression, uh, like severe depression. It's brought people out of it. Um, Parkinson's, be clear. I think, too. Possibly, so you yeah. just take a little bit of it, and then it's the after effects of it? I don't understand, because obviously I've been around people on mushrooms, and it should be illegal to not to be around people if you're not doing it with them. <laughs> that should stay illegal. Yeah. Because it is pointless to be around right. those people. Someone who's really fruiting their, yeah. fruit their boots. But so I'm, that's, I'm just, I've only been it, around people that have done uh, it twice. It, mushrooms does what, um, like what pure LSD would have done back in the day. And again, when I talk about this, it's like uh, it... it we are all connected, and we are all one, and people are very not into that. And it's like, I'm me. This is me. So when you take mushrooms sometimes, you become very, uh, you you forget you. And not in a negative way, but in a way that's like, you realize the singularity of everything. You realize the connection from from everything. Like, the boundaries and the walls and everything kind of disappear, right? So you are... Like the energy that's in your body, that once you're done with your body and that lease is up, and then your energy goes out in the universe, you're kind of seeing what that would be like almost, and it, it terrifies some people because they've been programmed and and uh, taught and uh, you know overexplained that you're you, you got to do this and you have to do these things and you got to get a job and you got to you know what I mean. So they're they're like, no, me, I'm me. I like Rush and I like Grateful Dead and I do this and I do that and I go on tour and I'm a comic and. But really, those are just words. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you is like an essence. It's a, it's a fucking bing. Deep. <laughs> Sorry. Did you did, <laughs> had a lot of were coffee? You, uh, he obviously, uh, you know, he admitted that he's been uh, dabbling in the weedage for years. I mean, were you? Did you? Were you that type of person, or no, like what was I your wasn't. thing? You weren't okay. So neither no. was I. Were you born? Were you raised in Colorado? No. I oh. Was, okay. I was born and raised in Philadelphia, and ah. I loved it. I loved it, but it was really rough. And like when I grew up there, yeah. And now, now when I tell people where I'm from exactly in Philadelphia, they're like, "Ooh, la la." And I'm like, no, 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 no. Back in the day, right, back <laughs> in the day, they were taking the car battery out of my mom. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like sure. It was, it was to rough. throw at Santa Claus at some football game, probably. Yeah, it, it was. It was a. It was. It was really rough, L- raw. I'll say raw. That's yeah, but that was the that was the rep of Philly too. Kind of like almost like a proud, like the Rocky and like oh yeah, you co- was... you're coming up from nothing and you're you know that was like the. Is your family from there originally? Is that why you grew the, up there? Or they're no? from New Jersey, and then the, uh, then they the sister city to... of Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they were suburbs, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Uh, uh, Milburn, Short Hills area, and then my dad in like I think 1965 got a job in the city, and that's and then eventually they started the city of Philly. Philadelphia. Oh, okay, yeah. so okay, we so that makes sense. Philadelphia, and it's actually it's where 
when I saw them filming Rocky and Witness, I don't know if you remember that. Dude, wait, when you Ford? saw them filming Rocky? I saw them filming it, and that, and then I remember going... <laughs> First person. That's what I want to do. Oh. Like, I, I want to be a fighter. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Or an Amish... <laughs> I want to be, be an Amish kid. But, but <laughs> I want to be an Amish kid who witnesses a murder. <laughs> and boxes. <laughs> and boxes. Yeah, but like, no, no, no. Like, I, I think my I was on my way to like my little school down in downtown. I was taking like public transportation and... They were shooting inside a diner and with the big Which one lights. was doing that? Rocky? Uh, Rocky. This one oh. was The Witness. Okay. Was, you know, um, although we would see Sylvester Stallone walk through the park with his dog and everything. Wait, like, so I mean, I'm confused. Were, were they both shot around the same time? No. T- like within a couple of years. Years, right? Yeah. Witness is the Harrison Ford. He literally it, goes, that, he's a cop. He goes undercover. A Amish kid witnesses a murder and he goes to protect the boy and he falls in love with the mom and then the murderer comes for the kid. And then would Witness Rocky come in? So the. The um and what what does Sylvester do in this movie? And Sylvester does, is not he in runs past. <laughs> yeah. He runs past. a different film. Jocks um, uh, jumpsuit. So okay, so I, I I see. So you just it was just more of the fascination of what are they doing, and I and I for whatever reason I'm fascinated by what they're doing. I mean, my eyes lit up, and I almost I almost hopped off the bus to go ask if I could. I mean, I was like nine or ten just to see like can I can I, I, I want to be here and Classic do kid. this, and I don't care what I'm doing. But I, I was too terrified of the wrath of my mom. And right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're nine. You can't get. You get off the bus. You're definitely in trouble. Yeah. But like. But and, that light bulb went off. Oh, I, and I was like, that's what I want to do, and I, I couldn't. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, I need to be a part of that world. Wow. And so I just knew it. At then. nine, I don't. Man, I can't. Oh. Like at nine, I was like, I want to be the Incredible Hulk when I grow up. Like I had no. Oh yeah. No. I like. And also, my mom took us to theater as in Philadelphia, and I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to, I want to be up there. Like, I want to be a part of. Like, I want to help <laughs> tell stories. I think." And that okay, that that's what I I like that when people like I I feel like sometimes it's not it's not mentioned or brought up, but like that is what uh, everything that we do is storytelling. Like it's it's all like when you're a director, you're telling a story. When you're an actor, you're helping tell, tell the story. story. When you're, you're part of a story. production, you're part of this story that's being told. It's right. like it's just the the most. It's like the highest form of storytelling you can do. It's great. I love it. And yeah. I, and tell being nine, being pumped for it. I don't know. That's so great. I knew it that like I knew it as a kid, and so yes, yeah, so that was. I mean, so Philadelphia, I owe a, a ton of you know. Uh, I'm gra- very grateful for Philadelphia. Because and and that was back in a time when, <clears throat> you know, everything was pretty much shot in L.A. So it, it, to be like Sylvester Stallone was like, we're sh- probably probably made them shoot in Philly for the re- realistic uh, it was the so realism. Cool looking, yeah, yeah. gritty, yeah. so gritty, and especially then. But then, but then when they were filming Trading Places, which also they shot that in Philly. Yeah, and I think in 1980, they they the park. They used was my, the my childhood park. It's right <laughs> now square, and what's really fun now is like there's a lot more being shot there. Like M Night Shyamalan Long shoots yeah. there a lot, and I mean, and the, the a feature that I wrote and hopefully advancing to production this year, part of it is set in Philadelphia. The other parts in London. So it's like because I just I think it's such a colorful city. Yeah, and you know. And it's kind of nice to bring where you're from alive like that and, and put it on a screen and uh, put yeah. it in the story. And I don't know, it's like a part of you. It is a part of me. And yeah. I'm like the historical aspect of the city and also now it's it's 
you know, modern in some parts. And it, yeah, it's really, it's really great. Love it. It's, it's Love Philadelphia. It's very interesting for a city that gets, I mean, you know how the rest of the mm-hmm. country sort of looks at Philly and is like, ah, you dirtbags. You know, it's like a weird, it's kind of a weird, like, you just hear all this. St- and then everybody we've ever had on the show from Philly, everybody I know, and I know a lot of comics from Philadelphia, they're all awesome. They're all nice people. Yes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know one person from Philly where I'm like, oh, that guy, so Philly. Mm-hmm. Just like, what a dick. Like, it's none of that. Like, everyone, they like the Eagles. They like the Phillies. But not, like, in a way that I'm like. Whoa, she's rough. Yeah. Right, right. right yeah. Can, so it's you just. You can tell she's from Philly. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. It's funny. I mean, yeah, it was a rough. It was rough. But. but it was a gr- it was a great time, and we had to kind of grow up quickly because we were born and raised right in the heart of downtown. Well, did public you transportation know? at age nine. Yeah. By but yourself. did you know it was rough, or were you kind of like rose colored glasses? I'm just kind of living my life. This is what I know. Kind of rose colored glasses, and it's not like they like my parents were sheltering us in any way because I mean, well, yeah, you were taking public transportation. Yeah, yeah they didn't give except a down down Locust Street. And back up Walnut. I mean, no, I, I had an idea for sure because, like, there was one time I was playing wall ball in the park by myself and young, like seven or eight, and they used to let us do that. And you can't do that now in a public park. Yeah. And and I I told a woman to get out of my way. I'm like, hey, get out of my way. And she slapped me across my face. She goes, you don't talk to me like that. And then she walked off, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was like crazy, but sounds like. <laughs> but, but you never talked to a woman. I like never that said again. get out of my way, and maybe that's why I've like become so apologetic. I'm like, excuse me, can you now, just scoot over? In in in, <laughs> in, 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 in your new version of that story, when you make it in a movie, she walks away and gets hit by a bus, right? Because she's an <laughs> asshole for hitting yeah. a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that was. She it would like talk about being woke at a young age, but but there was homeless people like so, uh, you know, I, it was. It was right there in front of me. So in a way, like, yes, even though I lived in a nice apartment, I mean, now the building is, like, super nice. Yeah. But but we had a nice roof over our head, and, and we went to good schools and a swim club. But we weren't going on vacations either. We weren't, like, crazy wealthy. And but I forget, younger, you, you sister, young, it was just the two of you, right? It was the two of us. And, and younger or older? She was older. Older, okay. Older, yeah. And, and same experience for her? That was, or was she, uh, how much older of the, of, than you? She was three, year, three years older and... Uh, uh, Did you guys hang out? Was it the, was it kind of the friend dynamic or not really? Were ish. you... I mean, I kind of like, was the annoying little sister, which I definitely, I, I own. I own now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, I, I meant well. Like, I, you know, I didn't know that, you know, I was being that way. And so, um, uh, but then she went to high school out in the suburbs. And so she was having a very different experience. And meanwhile, like, I was, uh, like, when she, once we left middle school, she went out and. Like, um, chose a different place to go to school. Like, versus the averse uh, that. <laughs> Is that what is that why was why was she why did she do that really just to get away from oh, you? Oh no, because I mean, she got into a good like a, oh, a nice yeah. private I mean, school. I'm supposed to say it must have been a private school. Otherwise, you just go straight through the public, public school, school chain, system, yeah, right, at yeah. one to the next to the next. Is that what you did? Uh, yeah, because I couldn't get into the school. <laughs> we all have but our be- journeys. Well, because I'm, my interests were just probably so different, and <laughs> I, I was super distracted. Like at night. You know, my mom went to night school at the University of Pennsylvania, and at night, I the you know the babysitter would come because my dad was away doing business, um, uh, or on business. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like he was doing other things too. But I was like, um, yeah, the, the finger quotes uh, made me think that the business might not have been. He might have been doing t- other things. Top priority. Um, uh, 
And but I would uh, sit on the kitchen floor and look at talent agencies in Philadelphia. Like I rem- like that. I just. <laughs> And the babysitter. I thought you were be like, yeah, I stayed up all night and I like, I, I was like writing scripts and pretending to do little stories. Like, no, I was like, I was, I was doing the business side of yeah, things, yeah, circling I was like, like my agent, and I'm still looking for. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Just this morning, I was sitting on my <laughs> kitchen floor <laughs> looking don't at do the phone book. Uh, <laughs> but did you do this? Okay, and I want to take a step back because I find this fast. I'm just curious where, the, where, how you, other than that, how you connected the dots and what you did with it, right? So it's like. You see these movies being made, and you're fascinated because it is for for anybody that's ever seen it for the first time. Dude, I think the first time, and I can't remember if I ever told the story, but the first time I ever saw it was a way lot older because I'm in Wisconsin, and there really was not there was no oh, filming. Yeah, yeah. I had heard word of once they were doing like a John Dillinger movie there, but I never saw it. Right, yeah. never never saw it happening. And I remember um, being in New York City and walking down the street. And seeing like the huge crane light, and mm, then and yeah. a- and actually seeing the camera on a big jib, and it's like it's like a you're like a fly going towards a light, right? You just you it magnifies things, and you're like, oh. Whoa, and I start walking, and as I'm getting closer and closer, I'm like, oh, that's Woody Allen, that's interesting, oh. and I kept going, and finally they're like, cut. They're like, hey, dude, <laughs> get, get the out fuck of out there. Here. I, I just cut asshole. right through everything. Because, uh, you know, they did, pretty, they didn't, nobody slapped you. Nobody locked you. Nobody, nobody slapped you. Get out, Brian's yes. like, get out of the way, Woody Allen. But the fascination yes. with it is like, it's it's you so unique and it's so different. It's a because it, it's a controlled chaos with lights on it and all these little moving parts going. It's very intricate and very, very interesting. So I'm just curious, like, how you so you saw that and you process it, but what are the other things that you over time were starting to do, like it, w- w- with that memory? Were you trying to make stuff? Were you more of a writer? Did you just go to, to act in plays? Like, what was your like? That, how, what was your process? Then in high school, um, and then unfortunately we had to we had to move out of state, and my sister stayed back in Philadelphia and finished high school, but then we moved to Colorado, and uh, I was in the theater program there. Theater and choir. So before that, not too much. You there just, wasn't much really there, there because like do. the little school I went to was just it was till eighth grade, and there wasn't. I just didn't get involved. So you didn't do any outside stuff or anything like that. It wasn't until high school. It wasn't until high school. And in in high school, because it's never easy, right? People, you know, one thing we don't talk enough with our guests about is there's the drive and the desire to do it. But I always look at it like you know stand up. I always remember the first time I ever did stand up. There's so you you want to do it. You watch other people do it, and you go, well, I'm going to do it now. Oh. And it's weird the first time you do it. It is difficult mm-hmm. when you first start doing it. And there's a lot of questioning going on. And one of the reasons why I never really got into acting, because I was like, this is a lot. This is weird. It's hard. You're not alone. There's this versus that and that off of that. I mean, that's... There's a there's got to be some uh, initial internal struggles, right? Because that's a lot to learn, and you have to be very driven. Because there's also going to be a lot of failed moments along the way, and just anxiety and fear. At least to me, that's how I always process it. Is that what it's like when you first go? Oh, I'll do it. Oh, and for then... sure. I was kind of scared because uh, there, especially on then California, then everybody was doing it. So there was kind of like this. You you have to own it. But because I was kind of in the closet with it, like I was like, oh, I'm just out here doing a couple of things. It's like no, I'm trying to act. Like yeah, just be it, do it. You're trying, doing it. I'm trying. And then somebody said, take the trying out of it. You're doing it. And like then the ownership kind of came in. I was like, okay. And then you know there was a lot of waiting tables, and then I had yeah. to really in my mind's eye switch that I uh, that I'm not a waitress trying to act, that I'm an actor, just waiting tables kind of yeah. thing. Like I switched the, the I had to shift that mindset around for me. Um, 
you know, and some, you know, a lot of other things happened between like high school theater in Colorado and LA. But did you, did you do well enough in high school theater that you were like, this is, this is definitely, you're right. Cause that could be the make or break too for the trajectory, right? Like if it's not really going well and depending on, I mean, again, you have to work with other people. You have to work off other people and there's so many other moving parts to it. I mean, there's, there's, as you know, this business we're in, there literally are road bumps and pitfalls and every door being closed on you and oh, other reasons why you should be getting the F out of it now, but you didn't. So I'm just curious, like, what was it in high school that continued you on the trajectory? The feel, like, it's honestly, it was a feeling of like, oh, I'm not doing anything else but this. Like, I just knew it. I knew it just being on stage. And I only, I, I, it's not like I, I, I secured the parts of like all the leading, right. leading parts. I did not. I was like, the, I think the first play I auditioned for, they were like, do you want to be the townsperson, which is the background of a high school play. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I loved it. I loved it so much that I broke into the high school on a Friday night and I spent the night in the prop loft. Like I just knew that was my home, the feeling that I loved being a part that of it. That was it. I thought you said you didn't do drugs. Yeah, I know, right? Because that know. sounds like, like someone who got real <laughs> fucking high <laughs> I I, I like, was and like, needed to go to a safe place. There was no 3-2 beer, because in Colorado there was 3-2 beer at the time, but like <laughs> there was like, no, I, I had to like scale a fence, because I, I, to get into the top of the the catwalk door that was up in the, it was like a big thing. And so I, interesting. I spent the night in the prop line. Because you just wanted to feel, feel that environment. I, yeah, I loved it so much. Yeah, you do. Apparently, well, yeah. Obviously, if you want like, to go to jail for it. Now I'm like, where's the four seasons? <laughs> yeah, well, but back then. But back considering then. Considering where you came from and yeah. being slapped around on playgrounds, that was a beautiful yeah. day, yeah. you know, comparatively. Yeah, right? I was like, okay, all right, we're evolved. But but yeah, I just, I knew it. And then I, I, then I um, auditioned for The Sound of Music, and I... Got a bigger part. I was Louisa, and so I, you know, and I was like, okay, and and I don't think I I was cast because I was very good. I think she just saw that like, like my my eyes leave. were lit up. They're oh, like, okay. we feel sorry for her. <laughs> like, well, let's give or, her a or we know she's gonna do her best to you do know her best. I, mean? I think like, it was a good. Wow, she's she'll yeah, she'll do it. She's gonna give a shit. She's yeah. gonna try. I mean, how old were you? Was this high school? Now I was like. 15 or 16 right at, the time. at a time when 15 and 16 year olds i mean and if you can remember the people around you but i'm sure they were like uh anybody who's a teacher can fuck off i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna go smoke sick like people just like you didn't show up for class on time like i didn't want to do anything on time when i was 15 so somebody even just showing up yeah, is like, like oh. oh she's into it yeah. <laughs> she's here on time can she <laughs> like, play all the von Trapp yeah children, right? <laughs> <laughs> be great if we just had multiple wigs she plays every she character <laughs> liesel I think they wanted me to play Rolf too. No, I'm just <laughs> whatever, t- whatever. Right? The answer 17. was yes. Yes, I was like, sure, sure, yes, sure. Yes, and and that's the energy. Like, I think uh, for some reason, I don't. I've always had that. Yet, like, yes, yes, yes. Like, well, that's oh. just me. I mean, you liked it so much. Like you said, when you were a townsperson, you were excited. It wasn't like uh, you were like, oh, I didn't get the lead. You shoot. were just like, yeah, you just I don't moped care. in the background. I just want like that's how I feel. It's like I don't. Whenever I'm on a set, I'm pumped. And yeah. Like, like if if my part is fu- pop in and go, hey, I farted, and then I pop out. I'm pumped. Yeah. If, if my part is nine pages of dialogue, I'm pumped. Like, I just like I always wish I could be on set longer. I always wish my scenes were longer. But but that's just because I'm greedy and I like the feeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like such um, a high. Yes, exactly. It is. It just and it feels good when and when you do a good job and a, oh take uh, cut or that was perfect. We're good. Like 
you feel good about it. Yeah. Well, I'm also like, but I can do more. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah you yeah, want something yeah. else? You want something else? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. I can tap dance too. Yeah. The, your sister was three years old. Did she even? Did she move to Colorado with you guys? Or at that point, would she? she, she would she? Did she stay? And go to, she went. She did move to Colorado, and she started college there. And she. Oh, went, she went to college. Where she, did you? Where in Colorado again? I'm sorry. Uh, we were in Littleton. Uh, because you wanted to keep as close to your name as possible, right? I know, okay. right? <laughs> Little is a married. Name. I can only spell so many words. That's another chapter. Oh wait! Oh oh uh, oh! All right. Uh, but um, but so yeah, and Colorado for me was kind of a, a layover. I kind of knew, right? I was gonna go, get, you know, be there because I was. 13 or you had no choice. I had no choice. You don't have to defend, defend how you ended up there. Yeah. But I graduated by, by high school at 17 and I left. To California? Uh-huh. You knew LA right away. I you knew. were like, so, okay, TV so, movies, TV movies, TV movies. So obviously your sister did not pursue a career in acting no. or entertainment. So what, what was her line of work that she was going to school for? She, um, you know, it is, unfortunately, she she wanted to pursue visual arts, and oh, I, so she still stayed in the art area. She did, she did, but it was not as encouraged by uh, my father. Kind of had a more um, he wanted her to be on more of the business track. He wanted my sister and I both to be on the business. So that's track. so that's why I was asking because obviously, uh, um, in, in the limited knowledge that I have of your sister, obviously was not in that the field that you're in. And so I always wonder, it's like you got the one sibling that's actually at least going down a track of something that they see more feasible for finances. And then there's the, hey, guess what I'm going to do? Yeah, because she, she was definitely very responsible. And I always like sum this up as far as like, on Valentine's Day, my dad would always buy my sister and I a box of chocolates. And I would eat mine the entire night. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go to... And she would save hers out over time. She was very responsible. And... um and that's just we so that way we were wired differently but we were we were creative and she Both creative. calligraphy and drawing and she was super super talented but i think the fear of of where she was going to be later in life like she wanted a stability and she, and, to, and a lot of people the majority of people, of people want that. that's how they feel and then there's the rest of us the crazy right? ones <laughs> right so you know, how how were your parents about that about your choice. Um, um, I mean, it my, sounds like they weren't going to convince you. Otherwise. My dad. It took a little bit for my mom to come along, and and she then since then it's been like, oh my gosh, my mom was sending me gr- literally. She was sending me groceries to survive and eat. Um, my dad was less enthused about my my choice for sure, and I, I like I raised my middle finger to him. He would not help me whatsoever. No financial help where it was really tough because my sister was doing the more responsible thing like he helped her with a car and and like he helped her out and when I was out here 17 on my own he raised his middle finger back to me I'm curious wow yeah what what do you think it is in our society that because your story is not unique a lot of creative people I get I get the nurture part of parents. They're worried that it's just there's just nothing in it. There's just it's gonna it's, you're gonna get hurt. It's not gonna you're gonna you're gonna years are gonna go by and you're gonna like I get I get all of that. But then there's another part of it sometimes where people are just like, no, just no. Yeah, like it's like it's like it's you're doing something wrong. Does yeah, that make sense? and it was like you know kind of loon like he was like what, you know kind of what are you doing? But then. Then he just kind of, I think, midlife crisis shit started to happen, and he just kind of bailed. And, like, he stopped. 
he, like he really went missing for a couple of years. Oh, I thought you meant bailed on that ideology. And then oh yeah, so, no, no, no. Like uh, that was that was it. And then and then I think my mom they were getting they had a divorce, and so I think she was trying to recover from that. But um, but she was she she was very supportive. And I mean, at one point I was living on Laurel Canyon, and there were seven of us living in a two bedroom, and my mom would send me an appliance and my roommates. My, an appliance and whatever food went along with that p- appliance. And that was basically our food for the week. So, like, she'd send a popcorn maker and popcorn. And that we had popcorn and cheap beer. And, like, the next week she sent a, a, a griddle and we had pancakes and pancake ba- batter. Like, she, right. you know, so it was like, that's how. And she, my mom did what she could at the time. Like, she was trying to get back on her feet. But my sister went down the responsible route. And then, but I think ultimately it was part of her. Um, her physical spiral because I think she was because she was repressed artistically. Um, it, I think it really ate at her, and she eventually she passed away. And uh. so I think, and I I it, I hate that she she passed, not knowing what would have happened had she you know because I was trying to encourage her to get back into the visual arts. Like I for her last birthday, I gave her like a paper and coloring pens and. You know, to encourage her, I'm like, you have to get back to your art. Like, if without our art, we have nothing. Like, we, who? It, you know, that is a hard thing because there's, I'm sure there are a lot of people that deep down inside, I don't want to say they have regrets, but I, you, you choose the safest route, right? Safest route to A to B because you just, you, whether it's a fear of rejection or you're not, you're, you're not. Um, fear, fear, stability, or just you know, like sometimes you're just not, you, you're not nice enough to yourself you don't cut yourself enough slack yeah. like you that's think a that w- huge part of it people just being like no my my you, grandparents you s- did this i have to do this or, or you yeah. suck you're oh, never going to be good how at could it anyway you you're not that, that yeah good. who do you think you are to go out and try to tell jokes to people that are you can't do you're not yeah. fucking richard Pryor. like yeah. there's there's a lot of the self-doubt and self-loathing and anger which only grows and builds when you don't take those shots when you don't kind of whatever you're passionate about when you don't follow through on those things or don't even at least attempt them. Like I, I like it, people say, you know, we're crazy. I, to, <laughs> you know, I know, what's crazier like Bill Burr, like I keep going back to Burr's things, but like he was like, it's not crazy to be living with seven people eating popcorn, pursuing your dreams. Dream. We, yeah. It's crazy we're to so live happy. 30 years in a job you don't like married to somebody you hate uh, living in a house. You can't fucking stand. And like, sometimes even can't afford. And like can't you're, afford. You're in debt all the time. Right. Like, like that is crazy. But 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 insanity has literally become the norm for society. When you look at the way we behave, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you know what's so what's even crazier? By the way, she didn't have a horrible horrible life. She just oh, didn't. No, no, she no, just no. didn't explore. No, I don't. I, I, no, that, I'm not yeah, saying no, you no, did no, that. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Like and you just you just felt like there was still a part of her that probably wished that she could. She could have done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I wish that I had encouraged her more to you know fuck that crazy job or yeah. whatever because there was a part of her that yearned. You know, like she, she. I remember she came to visit me in L.A. and um, some of my friends. And she's like, wait a second. So let me get this straight. You guys live paycheck to paycheck? <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one for and, a lot of and people. I, and we go, no, 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 no. We don't live paycheck to paycheck. 
we live night to night. Like we, because we were like tip based waiters yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, no, 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 we're not paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, paychecks would be sweet. Yeah, we're like cool. <laughs> Who's getting paychecks? I think you were getting like two dollars and ten cents an hour, like as a waiter then. But like, oh but God, and I and I remember that, her yeah. distinctly saying, she's like, wow, I just I need to know that I will have X amount of money in yeah. the bank when I'm 64. And the irony is, she didn't make it past 38. That's yeah. my. That's. That is like you can take that road more traveled, and you can take that what you consider to be a safe route. There are no guarantees in no life. Gar- it's so if like if I was like, oh, I better get a job in the insurance business because that's what's safe and I can make money, and then all of a sudden I get hit by a bus you going have to work. To follow like, your dream, and then what? Well, you do. You sh- or you should at least be willing to. If you finally, if you if you come to if, if you're at peace with it, and you go, nah, I'd rather just like. I'd rather just have a job, I'd, I, or you know, some people get addicted to the paychecks. Like I, I remember when uh, I first yeah. moved out here, I can't tell you how many actors or stand-up comedies I met, or, or uh, comedians that <laughs> comedies, I met, yeah. comedy, or, or the comedians that I met in production. And I was like, oh man, you used to do comedy? Like, yeah, like 10 years ago. But then I got into this art department, and dude, I got to tell you, I get paid so well. Like, I'm in the get, union, I get taken yeah, care of. Yeah, like, like, they, you, they, and, 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 and I'll never forget the one guy that had told me, he's like, I just got addicted to the paycheck, dude. And it just, you know, I just gave it up because this is, this was the stability that I knew. And I just, I just lost, I lost the drive because I, I, I got addicted to that instead. Yeah. And I think it's when you have a family, it's like, that's a game changer. And that I yeah. completely, I admire. It's like, all right, you're doing what's right for your freaking family. You yeah. have to do it. I've yeah. had a, like a ton of friends. Is that, are you lecturing me right now? To oh, do no, right oh no, but I mean, like, I haven't, no, I haven't no, yet. Because I was, I was in a, in a really amazing film group and a, like there were then other priorities that came yeah. with, in a, with the members of the film group. Like, you know, and so I, I made a choice to not have children because I wasn't financially stable to bring a child into the world, I thought. Like, so, and there's moments where I kind of regret, but I was like, this is s- sort of my choice. I was ter- I was terrified. Well, yeah, and I mean that that that's going into a whole nother yeah. avenue of like, well, what are you here for? What right. are you ultimately here for? You are here to reproduce, right? It's like, are Bro. you? No, I'm, again, if you're going back to the ba- if you're breaking down the basics of of life and how the majority sees it, that's the majority. An eighty eighty percent Bible on a daily basis. Eighty like. percent plus um, people ultimately do uh, reproduce, whether they know it or not. Um, some men don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They do, and and of those eighty percent, um, over fifty percent of that eighty percent shouldn't reproduce. Yeah, well, I, well, yeah that's a whole other ball yeah. of wax. But so when you, so I want to go back to yeah. you're seventeen. Yes. And you took off. Uh, did you fly out? Did you have a car? Did you drive to L.A.? Did you drive out here with a car? I... Why L.A. versus New York? Because you were an East Coaster. So I'm curious why you chose L.A. And I'm assuming, or maybe not. Did you know anybody here, or did you just show up and be like? Woohoo! Like the old uh, '80s movies, where you're like, "Hey, everybody! I'm an actress off of a Everybody's bus." Everybody's um... working for the <laughs> yeah. weekend. Well, that's a funny thing. So my dad, he was out here, and so that, at that, this is before he took off and went. Wait, he was working out here. He was. Wor- he came out here for a project to California. Oh, so whereabouts? I in Newport Beach. Oh, okay, so close. Okay, so close. And then. Uh, and then basically, I started doing extra work in LA. So were you living with your dad in Newport Beach for a minute? But then, did you didn't so you did have a car? You had to have had a car. I had a, yeah, 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 yeah. I had a I had I had 
something that it was metal and four wheels. I don't okay. know if one could yeah, call you it. Legally might not have been considered a car, but oh yeah, God. we've all had those wonderful. But again, like I, I was working at a Marie Callender's down there. I've been waiting. I've been working in restaurants since the time I was like 13. I started Marie Callender's in Colorado as a pie girl. So I'd like, I just always worked and then I worked at a cleaners and like dealt two jobs. Like, so it was just kind of in my fabric to keep hustling. And so, um, and then the minute I, I was doing ba- background or extra work, uh, and I think the rate was $40 for the day, like a 10-hour day. <laughs> and I met some people, and they were like, hey, we live on Laurel Canyon. Come. And Sounds like a cult. Continue. Yeah, right. I know. Right, right. <laughs> it was uh, in the North Hollywood side of Laurel Canyon. Okay. Oh, oh okay. you weren't in the valley. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, it's good, not, good. Yeah, it's not like the, it's a different cult. the Crescent Heights kind of area, Laurel Canyon, or the hills. No, it was... Whoa. Um, and that's, then I moved in and then, then, then that's the chapter where my dad kind of took off and he was okay. gone, and, but I was living in this apartment with all these people and, and eating pancakes and popcorn, you but know, that kind of thing. But did you ha- care? But I was, I was, I was happy. I was happy and we did were. Did you have to share a room or did you, or were you oh, able yeah. to, okay. So it was, yeah, it was that. Okay. Oh, seven yeah. But again, you didn't it wasn't care. a seven bedroom care. house. Yeah. We, we made a short film in that house. I mean, this is before any, you're we making short films called the Jelly Bean Affair. My when, when it, how, when it, what, what time frame did you first move out here? Like, uh, well, I moved out in 1989. 89. Yes. So this, this, how did you make films back here? Big VHS cameras? Yeah, so we made The Jelly Bean Affair in 90, oh, 1991, I think. And they woke me out of a cold sleep, and I could see that the camera was on. It was like a red light. And they're like, 70, wake up. Cher's dead. Or like, you know. And I'm like, what, what happened? They're like, jelly beans. It was, uh, they, were, they were laced with arsenic. And I was like, and I just knew to like end on like, and like, and I was like, oh no, she's on the floor. Like, <laughs> it was horrible. It's out there somewhere. I don't know. And that was like, that was we You're crushing it on VHS back in the day. I know. I mean, it was like so bad. It, it's so bad. It's good. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you guys were experiment. That that's the whole point, right? That was the whole point. I I used to always tell people, um, you know, like YouTube is a perfect place if you want to experiment with stuff. Don't be afraid to just put your junk out there. And yeah, some of it you're gonna look back on it ten years ago. This is embarrassing. It's shit. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? You yeah. don't know. People don't out of the box start making amazing things. No. I think that's such a fallacy. You know, of like, you better not do it until you got it one hundred percent correct. Well, then you're never gonna do it. Well, never. I think never I think Ira Glass. He has a really amazing quote. It's too long for me to like say right now. But the gist of it is, it takes years for your talent to match your taste. Yep. And, and that's the thing. It's like you want to shoot your short film and you want it to be like HBO level looking pr- a product like that. Yep. Like, and you know what? It's not going to be. It's not going to be. be. And, and it, it, it's, it takes years. It takes several felt like. Any kind of anything within the arts, I feel like, whether you're a painter or a comic, you can't go on stage and be as funny as you're going to be in 20 years. You just can't. You ju- There's no, no way. No way. <clears throat> and if you can't get funnier in 20 years, quit. Boy, howdy, then you should have stopped a long time then ago. You go, then you, but you know what? At least you have the peace and satisfaction of knowing, like, uh, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I thought about it, like, just recently. I'm like, oh, hmm, I'm still doing this. Okay, you know, still in the hustle, still in the grind. And 
you know, my hands aren't in the Hollywood Walk of Fame or whatever, but I'm just like, I have way more satisfaction and peace with myself because I know I have given it my all. Like, I've sacrificed, I've given it, I've tried. And you're still doing it. And, and I'm you're still, still doing going it. it. Right. And like, you're still living in that bedroom. And you and still I'm have still seven roommates. And, and your Cher mom, is still dead. And, and your mom <laughs> still sends you pancake batter. <laughs> Oh, she, oh, she's amazing. Oh, my God. Where? I've often, you ever think that there's people out there that their lives have had the same routine for 20, 30, 40 years? Do you think that actually is, exists? Yes. Yeah. But I will say this. Um, no one can do the same thing every day. No, but you know what I'm talking about. Imagine, like, living in the same apartment, no, no, with sharing it with, <laughs> with, with somebody and always eating pancakes. I mean, like, have, everything is... But from you a, never get a new car. You just keep fixing the. You know what I mean, like. But from a biological, scientific point, even if that person woke up and did the same routine every day, yeah, they're not doing the same thing because their body's regenerated cells, the things that they're touching have regenerated or have have decayed a little bit. There's just nothing. There's not one single moment in time that is repeatable. Is that your way of making them feel better about their choices in life? That's my way of saying if you should be more in the present moment. You you are correct, but... It it would be fascinating to me to to meet someone like that that has never veered from a routine for decades. Well, I mean, and and some... Some people, that's their piece, and like I, because I think for many, many years, like I kind of judged it. I was like, well, and I'm like, no, if that brings them the same level of joy and happiness yeah. that my hustle brings me, then yeah. awesome. Like that's that's just it. Everybody's different. Everybody's different, and so I'm just like, if if that is what brings you comfort and joy, then that's killer. Like because yeah, I I used to be like, what kids and all this whatever, but it's just like, no, that's their dream. They and I'm like then I, I I treat it the same way as I look at my dream like so yeah that as long as I feel like as long as those people who who you know earlier on like I would have been like oh you really you want to stay in this town you want to do this like, as long as those people are happy and le- and legitimately living right. lives that are not uh, hurting other people then they've won they've they win you know what I mean yeah, like you're like okay you that's great this is what you love you're doing it I've got no bones about that it's when they it's when people don't take a shot. It eats at them, yeah. That's and then they become, you know, raging alcoholics, and they, you know, start punching their wives, and they have no fucking idea like how to be a yeah, human being because I, they've repressed all their fucking creativity for and, so and long. And it takes a long time. Like I had, a, I had one friend, and she's just like, "I'm quitting the business." I was like, "Quitting? You never fucking started. You never, you never were in those rooms auditioning, testing for pilots that you didn't get." Like, and that I understand. Like after, <clears throat> after you've been rejected, like on a network or studio level like 150 times like then i'd be like yeah maybe i'm not saying give up but i understand their frustration but like when someone's just you know just doing acting class and that's it i'm like you've got to be doing way more than going to a monday wednesday acting class from 5 to 7 yeah and then then and then still and then be angry about it but like uh, yeah, it doesn't. There's different. Yeah, if you're living your life the way you want to live it and it yeah. makes you happy, great. Great. If you're living a life you think you're supposed to lead, and you're ignoring the your drive to do what would make you happy, you're probably not going to be happy. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's also getting to the point where you evolve to the to a, a place in your life where you're, you're you're. It's not your place to judge how people want to live their lives as long as they're not murdering and raping. And, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Being yeah. Like horrible. You're human not hurting beings. other people. Do whatever you want to and do. It's, and that doesn't, and, and you know, they, I, I I went through that phase where I was like, you know, you get those, like, I liked a certain type of music, and if you like something else, like the oh, elitist. Oh, dude, I, you're like, an you know, idiot. Yeah, sto- yeah sure. Because, again, 
their joy and my joy. It's like when people always tell you, like, oh, you're going to love this hamburger. How do you know? How do you know I'm going to love this hamburger? We don't share the same taste buds. You don't even know that when I look at that same hamburger you're looking at that I'm seeing the same hamburger you're that's, seeing. That's different. That's going back to your particle-based Sorry. theory. Sorry, <laughs> just but, saying. <laughs> but, all right, so there, so you're in... So, so you are you're hanging out in uh, in LA. North Hollywood doing yeah. your thing, going no, all the place. in the arts district. I assume the NoHo Arts District. Pre art. Pre. This so there was pre- no art in NoHo. There was nothing. <laughs> this is before any art. It was just no. <laughs> <laughs> it was just <laughs> no. They hadn't even added the Hollywood part. They yet. should have just been don't no. No, turn around. No, turn no, around. no, live here. Yeah. yeah, Craig Coleman lived in the no part of that. I saw. Oh. Um, but uh, so you're doing some background work. You're out, you're, you're obviously working other jobs to make money. Uh, how did things go on out here? Because you know, by the time I met you, you're obviously a New Yorker now. So you've there's been some back and forth. And obviously, you know, I met you throughout through previous guests, both Peter Sprite and Sally Brooks. Yes, nice, amazing. And so I'm curious as how you met Sally. But um, on top of all that, like what? What was going on with you here, and what ultimately swung you back to the East Coast? I mean, for for a uh, a minute, I'll like try and sum this all up really quick. Uh, for a minute, um, basically, I wanted to go traveling. Uh, I wanted to save up some money, and I couldn't do that here, even though I don't truly. Our rent on Laurel Canyon was one hundred and seventy dollars a month, and I still was like, because we were having a good time. So, like, if I missed a shift at Johnny Rockets, oops. Um, and I got fired from all my restaurant jobs. Um, it was terrible. Well, was when you like, position it that way, yeah. you're going to get fired. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I want to go traveling. Uh, so I went and I stayed at my mom's for a little bit. And I, I picked up a job um, at a radio station. And I saved some money. And then there I met a guy. And I married. This is where? This is now like in Colorado. In I Colorado. went back to Colorado for a minute. Okay. I uh, met somebody, married. Um and it was, and I knew right away, I knew walking down the aisle I shouldn't be getting married. Uh, so, but because I knew my freaking calling, like I was like, wait a second. And this is when? This How long did you stay out here before you went back to Colorado? Oh, uh, for a few years. Yeah, like four, three or four years. Three or four years. Yeah. It, it, did you feel the same way we've talked about before? Did you, that, that three or four years probably felt like 10, right? Because of the, the intensity out here when you first move here. Oh, you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, it's funny, you look back at it, you're like, three or four years. Oh, well, but that's like, nothing. You're like, well, but back then it felt like... 20. Yeah. But we were Not here, in a bad way, by the way. We, no. were, we met, we had some really cool, very busy working actor friends. And like, we had just met in social circles here and we were going to the Formosa and meeting. Like, we were in a, we were <laughs> running around a really cool crowd. Did you have, before you left, had you done, had you, was your goal... Acting and being an actress yep, specifically, actress, just that. Yeah. And did you get any commercials or anything before you I, left? Anything that you were like, "Yay, this is it! I'm, I'm, I'm one step closer." Like anything? No, but we, but uh, no, I, I was in classes. Okay. And I still hadn't kind of come into my own, like figure out, oh, like let's let's make it happen on our own. Um, and so, so, you, so the person you married is not from here. You married, you met them back in back Colorado. in Colorado. Okay. And how long and, did that last? A minute. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, uh, technically, uh, I think a year and a half, but what happened was about 10 years later, I found out that he and I, our pa- divorce paperwork had never gone through. So technically, he and I were still married, like, 11 or 12 years. And Jesus, he, congrats. He, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I've got property in San Diego now. <laughs> that did not make his uh, fiance then very happy. Oh, is that how they found out? Yes. 
Somewhere wow. in the system, right? Somewhere in the system. Wow. All right, so like for that year and a half, this is a year so and a half in Colorado. For, for that, uh, it, that it, it dissolves itself. Well, no, we, what happened was that he got transferred to San Diego. So oh. it was really great. We came back out to Cal- California, and I was like, oh, I enrolled in classes. So this is like mid-90s now. And by the way, that's just so, we're, just so everybody knows. San Diego is very, very packed now. That that San Diego was probably b- amazing back then. Oh, That's ama- the Southern California. Nobody was I there. Think. Well, it's just San Diego's beautiful and it's chill and it's laid back. I mean, all these other places, even Newport, all these other ones, yeah, they're 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 cool and it's Southern California. But I, I spent some time in San Diego right before the boom. It it was amazing. Yeah, it was a cool. It was a cool time. But again, it wasn't my. Like my culture, like I wasn't there trying to be like a surf girl or whatever. And my husband at the time, he was more of a, he was on the business side of radio. And, um, um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to drive. I'm that much closer now to LA back, back to my dream because it was always just on my mind. Um, and I would come up two or three times a week from San Diego for classes her acting classes and classes at Groundlings. Yeah, how's that traffic work out for? Oh, you? that was a good time. All it takes, right, is one wheel to be in the middle of the road, and you're <laughs> on your your San Diego trip turns it's into four, four and a half or hours. ten minutes. Like if you like, if you leave at five a.m., you're like, okay, it's cool. If you leave at five, five ten? ten, you're like, so that <laughs> took seventeen hours. I made a bad choice days. today. See, uh, what am I doing with my life? But, so it dissolved while you were living in San Diego. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, it All dissolved. Right. Did did he was there like not support on his end of you doing the classes. And again, he was somebody that was like more of the putting the brakes on it. Let's go the straight and narrow path. Yeah, yeah. like it truly said, can you be a bank teller? And and he he said, there's no ROI. There's no ROI. Yeah, and And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, there's no return on investment. You're taking all these classes and spending money on these headshots and reproductions and you're not making any money. So there's no ROI. And he's like, just get a job at a bank teller as a bank teller in in La Jolla and I was like it's not my thing or whatever and then I I said I wanted to take some classes in London at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and he said no (laughs) (laughs) well based on what he said previous to that you should have saw that one coming from a mile away by the way we're talking about radio John hates it when radio comes up my wife but can I I ask you something if you know what ROI is you said you worked in radio do you know what ROS is R-O-S. Record on sound. Uh. Run Read sp- on spot. No, run on run s- on spec. Run of schedule. Run oh. of schedule. so you when you buy when you buy ad time, you can just buy like specifically oh. I want it to air at this time, or you can just buy a generic run of schedule. So you didn't know that. No, oh. I'm not I like my, my what part? What did you do in radio exactly? I just worked as a receptionist, and oh, then okay. I moved. It didn't w- give two shits what anybody was talking about, probably right, because it was not your thing. Anyway. It just wasn't my jam. But like sometimes they would bring me back, and I would record spots, and that was and like that was that's fun. where I was like, okay. Yeah. But I also knew I'm like I'm not I'm not VO talent. Like especially back then, those guys they were like, yes, they were all the same. Yeah, you know they're like hello, your, yes, and, your, um, yes. Toyota in a ma- in a land before right. time. <laughs> Don't forget to see all your San Diego. Go for dealers. Dude, right, right away. So, I'm Al Pamani. You know, you might be like, hey, you know, whatever. I'm so, Johnny Pimento. But, um, um, so, yeah, and when, you know, he just, he wanted a different path. And, and that's fine for And him. that was great. And, and he eventually had that, uh, he, you know, got that after many years later after. Well, good for him. Yeah, and so happy for him. Uh, Did you go back to your room of seven roommate? Because no, it I, was only a year and a half later. So were they still there? Right. Um, no, no. That the team broke th- up. There was some conscious uncoup 
coupling or on grouping, I guess. Uh, uh, but every and the funny thing is, we are all still very good friends to this day. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. amazing. Like um, and uh, no, then I moved into a house full of girls. And, uh, and tell it, more. It was so fun. <laughs> Slumber parties. So were fun. there pillow fights? I'm, I'm sensing a 1980s uh, uh, montage. And this up. is the part where middle-aged men ask leading questions for yeah, their yeah, own I, satisfaction. Oh, I up a can of. Well, we just, we just we laugh about how like there those movies that were made back then, like in the like Revenge of the Nerds. It's like essentially they're they're spying on women. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you made that scene today, that oh. person would have or to get porkies. arrested. You would be and ju- yeah, Porky's like movies that we watched like losing it even with Tom Cruise like back in the day, like movies we saw as kids that were like, oh yeah, that's what you do. You look through a hole and see boobies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was bored. I, I was I was uh, not feeling so well as yesterday, so I was like, I'll, I wanted, I watched Dirty Harry. Ooh. And it's like, now, you, you, for most people, like, all right, Clint Eastwood, it's 45 Magnum, he's going around, he's shooting people up, right? That's the gist of it. He's, go, he's fighting crime. That's what the, oh. that's the gist of the movie, right? But then you go back and you watch it, and there was like three times in the film, there was unnecessary... And gratuitous female nudity, like it didn't just for it yeah. didn't make the movie any better. It didn't move the story forward. And, and it's, it's funny not. It now, wasn't just like he's walking through a strip club and there's a booby in the back. No, it was like more. It was one more, woman like was like looked out the window and she had her top off. And then another one was he was looking for the killer. And of course he swings the camera down. And of course it needed to be another naked woman. And then when they found the dead body, it had to be a naked dead body. It couldn't have just been the dead body. You know what I mean? Like, well, the naked felt- the naked dead body. I understand if you're trying to portray like the the criminal is a, was is a certain way. Okay, I get that. But the rest of it is like there's like a formula at that time. They're like. We need at least two more shots of boobs. They're, they're actually, what are we going to do they're, here? They're, they're, until we evolved in, recently, there was. For a lot of films, that was a mandate. They To find a way to get it in there. It's, not, it's, yeah. it's pretty common knowledge. It's just funny when you go back and start watching stuff again because your brain is rewired. Oh. Yeah, it is rewired. That's yeah. a really good... Like the things we watched were, like in the 80s and early 90s that were like... Da, 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 you just watch like now everything we've learned in society your yes. brain has completely rewired itself and now you see things and you're like ooh <laughs> what are we doing here oh uh, this looks real offensive yeah. which which brings me back to you and the joke about living with a bunch of women which is you're also talking about a completely you're talking about a completely different time and a completely different way women were perceived and what was available to them because obviously I know you now as You've written stuff. You're like you're independent, right? You're you're which was not a common thing early on in your career. Of like, no, no, no. You don't just go out and write and direct and shoot and produce all your stuff. I mean, you're a woman. There's a man that most likely is handling all that stuff. That that was not a common, unless I'm wrong. That just didn't seem like a common journey for most women. You either succeeded at acting, right? There was or yeah. What? Or you waited, or, or you had to hang on for like ten years, fifteen years until you could be like a mom. Like, I know that a lot of women that were like, I, I had roles, then I had nothing, and then I was able to get mom roles later. Yeah, But yeah. you had to hang on and, and figure things out I in mean, the meantime. And I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, you're, you have a better perspective of, than me because no, I'm not no, no, a female. No, so I'm just know. curious, well, like, that... When I moved to that house, um, one of our friends, she, she wasn't our roommate, but she was in that, like, big group of friends. Um, she and I wrote, wrote a short film, and... Uh, we didn't we didn't shoot it but it was called expired and it was based on our uh, like horrific tales with parking meters and parking uh-huh. like That's and good. 
Um, and I remember going up to like a really busy working actor in Larchmont Village at the time, and I was like, "Would you be in my short? It's about like, like you know." And I told, and he's like, "Absolutely, I will be in it." It was so cool, but I couldn't figure out then how to to make it happen. And then then um, uh, I picked up a another part time job at a production company, and a couple friends and I there we. Um, made a short film called Heroic Love, and we shot that. Like, we just grabbed cameras. And it, this is still the 90s? This is still the 90s. And so when you say you grab cameras, that's what I want to be. Like, grabbing cameras now is so different than grabbing right. cameras and stuff back then. I, I, I don't know. Yes, because now it's iPhones. It's everywhere. Stuff. But, uh, you know, because I know, I know I was broke then, so I don't know how we So you literally that. grabbed them. You broke into we a place and We broke in and stole it. Like, <laughs> Well, we might have borrowed yeah. borrowed them, and I mean, it looks it's horrible, but it was such a funny premise about um, two superhero, like a superhero, a good a good superhero and evil super villain. They fall for each other, and like, and it's really cute. It's called Heroic Love, and so we shot that. We even did green screen, and my mom wow. made the capes, and yeah, mom, yeah, I know. Back to mom, always mom, and. Um, um, so we shot that and, but Back again, then, what do you, so I forgot that this is, this is great. Cause I think you're one of the first people to talk about this too. Now we could literally shoot this right now, post it online and try to at least get it to as many people as quickly as possible. Back then. Yeah. That was the funny thing. What? You know, we didn't go in with like, okay, we're going to get it to this film. That, Cause like. Sundance didn't have a short category, or and there were no Webby. There were, the Webbies weren't there. And I the internet think. was really still in its infancy yeah. in respects of like, baby, you could barely figure you could. out emails back then. And yeah. I think it was like I don't know. It was just to show, like, as a real, like, to show, like, okay, there's tape. I've got tape, but I like <laughs> I produce. That's what I'm no, saying. Like, you like have you to mass produce tapes own, to be able yeah. to show it, right? Like yeah, that's the only a real way. For yourself. But yeah. my, I guess my point is, yes. like. The exhibition of that product that you are so proud of is so hard to expose to people because you have to either make a copy of it on VHS, give it to someone, hope they have it, or they come over to your house. Right? Like it was, it was a different way. Nail to, it, but, pay but postage. this is the thing. It was the first time that I had an on-camera role. Like I was giving. Well, my, that was it. And like that, I mean, I think I did some like commercial. By then, I might have booked a couple commercials. Like my my first commercial was like Red Lobster, and I think I Ooh. It was like so. Like I'd done a couple commercials, but like no, a speaking part, a character you were playing somebody else. Right. You weren't just somebody. You weren't enjoying shellfish. Yeah, I wasn't the townsperson in the right. Like no, this was like c- camera role, and I was like, and this is where it was like, oh, I, I, this is I'm gonna make this happen for myself. Like I'll cast okay. myself. Kind so, of thing. Okay, so you you kind of kept it small <laughs> as far as like the goal of it. Yes, I mean, and we're hoping, like, oh, how fun would it if we could turn this into a feature or something one day? But like, but we didn't even know the potential uh, until. But we just wanted to do it, like, yeah. because we wanted. It. Did you shoot it on video or film? I think video. Okay, because you were saying it's like the stuff with Sundance yeah. and stuff like that. And my first thought is like, they they even accept video back then. They did they have was yeah, it no, film it was, only? It had to have been video. Yeah. Like, yeah, film. Yeah, we couldn't afford film. Film yeah. was it's so expensive. And yeah. the, the quality of this video, it's hilarious. Um, you got, uh, so you still have a copy of it? Yes. Yeah. Be, I have my VHS copy of it. Yeah, you do. And um, you kept your VCR for that reason. <laughs> well, and that's a funny, and I'm like, I don't, how do I get a VR? But I did have it digitized, and I do have it now on a DVD. Oh, nice. and there you so go. So maybe if you guys are lucky enough, one night I'll show you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I would love so to see you. Viewing party. Well, oh, I know. What it, uh, I think we put it, there was a, a platform called iFilm. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, did that. I did that with my first yes. film. Yes, and then I think Spike Spike TV or something like took it over, but I film, and that's where we put oh, it out yeah. on. I... But it was like a big thing, like making a VHS and putting it in the mail and seeing if it would be accepted. Yes. And I don't know how they did it, but like, uh, but it was on there for a very, very long time. Yeah, I film. I had, I, I did, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was the first, that was pre- that was it. That was YouTube. That was YouTube. It was YouTube was before no YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, there was. This was it for filmmakers, right? Because like other people were doing stuff that looked much, much better. Um, and then I wrote, then I wrote a short film, um, and on my own. And then I was dating another. I was dating a guy who has actually turned out to be a gigundo TV writer, producer, creator, but he was still hustling at that time. And for my birthday. He rewrote the script and he made it ten thousand times better. And then so we shot that. Okay. And but this is before he was known right. at all in the industry. And so we shot that. And um, I think that also went up on iFilm. And it was fun. It was cute. It was funny. Yeah. And then. And what was that one about? It was about. It's so funny because now it's been done like ten thousand times. But it was about. A girl and a guy on a first date, and she she eats like something that upsets her stomach to just say the take least. A shit. Yeah, and so she goes to the bathroom, and then he's just quietly waiting there, going, "I think she's left me or whatever." And like then there's a crazy roommate, and 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 then it happens to him, and then he realizes what happened to me. So he comes back with a bottle of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> is it? Was it uh, true love based on fact? Truth? No, just no? you just know, a funny story. You just wrote, a fun, yeah. like you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe maybe art imitating life. Sure, sure. In, at at that point of so making those films, um, when when is this half? So this has got to be. I, th- I film was late nineties, early two thousands, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so that's where we are at this point. Early right? aughts. So, the early double zeros, <laughs> right after Y two crazy, the yeah, end of the Y2 world was 90. coming. Did ever did, were you? Do you guys remember? Like, did you did the same thing with the people that you were with? Did you have people that were panicking about of the course. switch over from ninety nine yeah, to two thousand? So, yeah. like, yeah. I always found it to be a joke. I, I was never worried about it. I but some people like, were. I wasn't worried, but I also didn't want to be the guy. Like, I I specifically moved out of Illinois uh, and got to L A by November of ninety nine because I was like, if the world does implode. <laughs> I would rather be on the West Coast. Yeah, near ocean. And um, I think that was part of it. But I mean, my friend, like, we were just kind of like, I watched I watched Australia celebrate. You know what I mean? I watched the news all day. And then we went out. It was a lame New Year's. L.A. has lame, like, I've never had a great New Year's in L.A. But, um, uh, yeah, it was. I wasn't, like, panicked because I was kind of, it's the same way when I fly. Like, I always assume the plane's going to go down. So I'm just like, I'm still calm. I'm like, I get it. But I, was, I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. Boo. When, um, since I already brought it up, when did you meet Sally? Oh my gosh, not until oh uh, nine, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, 10, 2010. Okay, so it wasn't in the early two thousands we were no. doing all that stuff. Yeah, not yet. When? Oh, so we'll get to that in a little bit. So then, so for for after you made some of these short films, um, unless you tell us otherwise that they didn't necessarily project or did go anywhere per se, yep. right? Um. Then, you know, what was, I mean, were you starting to do television and stuff like that? Did you ever get to the point where you could work on a fairly regular basis and, 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 and make the paychecks? Or did you start finding yourself, because obviously when I met you, you were, as far as I was concerned, you were already a filmmaker, meaning you were a creator. You, that, that's, that's how I envisioned you. Was a, I know that oh. you love 
acting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm right, not. I'm not. I'm not demeaning that part of what you are. But when I, by the time I met you, you were you were self sufficient. Like you were just doing it all. Like yeah, your th- attitude was like, I do it all. I mean, no. It's still in the in the early aughts, I was waiting tables at a famous diner in Hollywood, and uh, Mel's. Pardon? No, I, I, I no, because I, I got fired from there too. The diner. But, <laughs> um, I got. Yeah, I got. That was your thing. Everybody's got their thing. Yes. You like to get fired. That's and they're thing. very nice to me now. Like I go in and they're like, "There she is." Like, oh, <laughs> you still have my write-ups? They're like, "Yeah." <laughs> you still have my write-ups? Yeah, it's very funny. They're very nice. They're they're great. That's hilarious. Um, but um um, but no, we. But so what happened was I an, another group of friends. So I was very fortunate because I had some really great friends. Um, they uh they were studying at the Meisner Center in in NoHo. Now it was the arts district, mm-hmm. and they would put on plays, and nobody would show up. Like they were hoping, like agents would show up or whatever. So they kind of were like, well, "Let's form a film group. Let's film a f- like." So um, when you say film group to go, like we make something. We're making things. We will make stuff. Not sit around talking about. So making exactly, because there's a lot of that too. Yeah. Like, oh, I have this idea. And it's like, well, shut the fuck up and just do it. Yeah. And. And we really knew nothing. So they, I came in on the second one. So there's 10 of us. And I really came in on the second one only because they needed a blonde. Like, I just needed to balance everybody out. So because I wasn't taking classes with my hair. I was still at Groundlings and, uh, like, some other scene study classes. And, um, which is, you, you have to keep that up, too. So, um, um, so over the course, like, this film co-op, over the course of, like, the next seven or eight years, we shot 16, 16 or 17 short films. And so it was a dues-paying film co-op group. We each put 50 bucks into the pot. And so there were 10 of us. And after three months, we'd have 1,500 bucks. So we could shoot. And we took turns writing, directing, producing, craft service, sound. That's awesome. It was awesome. That's very self-starter. Oh. Back at a time when I don't feel like everyone was doing stuff like we that. We, like, yeah, we... We were, it was pretty cool. And yeah. we, we, we remained friends. I mean, it was, it's amazing because we're still. Well, if you made one film and remained friends, that's impressive. That's very, well, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. Like we were, there was some, like there would be one or two other people that would come in and want their like lead part and then not be willing to do like the craft service for the next person's film, uh, which is shitty. Yeah. Um, but. But so we would we really found like our core ten, and that's kind of like that was this the main ten. The people that were into it into it would be the ones who acted, and then the next one would also go on coffee runs. Right, the next one like that was sort of was on your your own personal AFI. But but it was our own little yeah, like without going to two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, (laughs) and I like I like still went in debt, just not by as much. Yeah, yeah. I just I like I like the idea that you know. You're doing different stuff on a production. All the, you know what I mean. You're, yes, you want to be an actor, but you should also know what everyone else is going through. You know, you should also kind of have an understanding of what else goes on on set and who else is. Well, doing you should know what your equipment. You know, equipment, gear. Like you should know what the craft service person deals with and what they go through. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just right. Like okay, you go to Costco. That's just it. On, People who are like, yeah. You know, I, it's really funny. You have a whole new level, and that's like I now when I go to I. I get it. I totally understand. I can also go to a set now and be like, hey, uh, I can look at a room full of equipment and be like, I think we're missing a flag. Like, you know, like it's so funny. All because yeah. of those days of like picking up equipment and dropping checking it, it double checking it because you got to pay for it if you lose it. And insurance <laughs> and also making sure you don't 
don't leave it in your car overnight on the street. Like, because yeah. that happened to our group. One of the oh, yeah. the folks did that, and it was an eighty thousand dollar loss. Oh shit! All the gear. All the gear. All the gear. And so it was really funny because then when I when uh, I was shooting something in New York, um. I asked the DP and I go, where are the cameras living? Like, wh- where will they live? And they, he was just like, I can bring them home. And I'm like, he, but he's on a six story walk up. And I go, no, they're going to, they'll live with me. Like, I, through the shoot, don't worry about it because I have an elevator. My God, thank God. But, but the doorman said, no, 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 you can't bring those in here because they're strict in New York about what you can bring in and out if you, because these were like cases. Right. And, so they anyway they're very strict on that and I they and I I said I'm not leaving these in the car that I have like the rental they're coming out with me I don't give a shit like because I'm like I'm not leaving this stuff in the car because we got burned on one of the the early films that we shot yeah. 80, eighty and when you 000. have no money eighty thousand dollars you can't I mean, we, you? we were lucky we had we had the insurance but that I mean yeah but still. We, but that's shitty. Like yeah. We 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 were responsible for that, and we were too tired or lazy to just haul it in. It would take fifteen minutes for ten of us to do all that, and we didn't. Like, we're like, no, it'll just be easy if we can keep it in the car, and then we'll zip off in the morning and stuff like that. But yeah, I had a guy do that same thing. He got towed into an impound lot with like all the stuff we needed for a shoot. I was like, hey, man. He was like, oh, I, didn't, I was only parked there for 10 minutes. I go, yeah, but you knew you were parked illegally. Yeah, you know it. Like, uh, and we, fuck. Yeah, that was, that's on us. And, yeah. But, you know, so you learn these. And so that was what that, like, our film group was really amazing. And then we started, we started learning more. And then we started hiring, like, a real DP. We hired a DP that, who worked on the, the shit movie. Um, and he was a young uh, cinematography student at the time at LA Film School, and and then he turned out to be this huge cinematographer. Oh, really? Yeah, he's that's awesome. Huge now, like, and he shot some of our early short films, like, and everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, it's incredible his career now. It's amazing. So, um, yeah. So, but our short films, they start getting into some festivals. Like C and B tier festivals. Mm-hmm. Still. Still. But it was it's like. better than most people do stuff and no one. No one ever sees it. can't even get their family to lock, watch <laughs> what they make. Right, so. right, right. That's Brian speaking probably from the heart, heart right there. Like, but hey, hey, uh, they can't uh, get their family to watch. Hey, do, can you watch this? And yeah. What what ultimately made you decide to uh, go to New York? Just out of curiosity. Um, um, LA Transit, when I, a bus hit me downtown in 08. So I was getting, when you were walking? No, I was getting into my car, and uh, I opened the car door, and a bus came. And so just as I was, like, push, pulling it shut out of the back of my, like, my, my peripheral vision, saw all this bus coming, and I was like, woo! And it just smashes into me. And I just had pivoted inside the car, but it just, sma- it like, pummeled my car. Like, Whoa. And so, and I just remember remaining very calm and just being like, moving to New York because it totaled my car and I was so lucky that my left hand hadn't been out like a few more inches or my, and my legs I basically my leg I leaned out to get my car door and then I and then oh man I, like switched back in yeah it was really crazy oh, so I was wow. like I'll just and my sister just passed I had some ghosts here some break and I was like I just need to revitalize my energy and um 
I need to be inspired. I kind of like lost my inspiration. And so I, I was like, you know, I, I New York inspires me. Okay. It's very hard. Like, where can I go where there's a lot more buses? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was say, <laughs> you didn't really I, solve your bus problem, but I needed to get out of my car. Like the car, yeah. I was just. Yeah. You're like, I'd be way less injured if I was on the bus that's meshed into my car and not in yeah, the car. I'd rather just, yeah. So, but I, this so 2008 is that after New York had been pretty cleaned up, so it was very expensive at it this was point. Expe- oh yeah, but the um, the boom. The uh, the crash, I should say. Oh, that uh, was right at the crash. Yeah, so um, so I was able to find an apartment for I would I lived in a storefront in. in oh, that's awesome! So like literally in a store, yeah, in a boutique store that couldn't afford the rent anymore. And what they did was it was zoned for residential and commercial, so because they couldn't really rent it to anybody like on a commercial level, they're like, okay, well. well it's, and it was this great little store for fifteen hundred bucks. I lived in it. And for and they and I think it was owned by the mafia because they're sure. like they would only send me typed messages like nothing electronically like nothing. <laughs> and a guy would come by and just talk real vague. Yeah, like I always made my rent on time. Like with that, <laughs> like, I was like, here, this is on time. Um, and some mafia guys, some retired mafia guys, lived across the street, so it was a very very safe part of like Nolita and. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a great, great place to live. And they said it's only a nine-month lease. Again, like such an odd. Oh, their yeah. mafia is they could do whatever they want. Yeah. But I wound up writing them a letter, and I was like, can I stay? And I wound up living there for four years. Oh, I was wow. like, please, smiley face, heart, heart, star, star. <laughs> like, you know. Stickers. <laughs> stickers. Here's a unicorn. And I was like, please. Yeah, meanwhile, the guy reading is like, hey, look at this. You put a unicorn yeah. on here. Hey. <laughs> This Always liked the unicorns. So yeah, and I loved loved living down there. And so for those those four years, you did you just and then I came a- acting and uh, making stuff again or like, yeah. And then well, at I that would, point, had you kind of resided yourself to the fact that you were going to be a creator? If things were going to happen, you're going to have to constantly be creating. I mean, well. I was still I was just kind of doing it, even though I w- there wasn't like a decision. It wasn't like, a conscious oh, right, I'm going to be like okay. No, I was I was making stuff and helping make stuff happen because there were other people in the film group. So some of the f- the film group in like around 07, 08, 09, we made less content together, and then a few people kind of veered off and mm-hmm. were ri- were writing their own stuff. So some of the guys wrote a web series called Not Suitable for Work about two disgruntled employees who are coming up with ways to just keep offing themselves because they're so miserable at their job. And it was very derivative of The Office. Uh, like, it went yeah. to a couple of places. So that was seen and by a couple of people. And they're like, we really like it. We think it's very funny. I think it made it to Funny or Die. But um, but it was just too close to that sort of wheelhouse. So, okay. Um, uh, but we wound up making an episode, basically five episodes, and Friday was a two-parter. And it was very funny. And... Um, uh, so I flew out many times to shoot each of those episodes and help make that happen. But I, so I rem- it's funny that you left and then you're flying back. And I'm flying and back and forth. Like that was just just kind of been part of my New York experience. And yeah. new and with not suitable for work. Um, you know the 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 guy who created it. Um, I mean he's so to me I was like oh, he's so talented and so funny and I just sort of helped out when I you know. Um, and but he, I remember he's like, OK, well, we could submit this to this film festival called the Webby Awards. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was the only like for web content for the like, internet stuff. And then I think eventually went on YouTube, and I think some of our film group shorts eventually wound up on YouTube. But because that's the thing, it's just like, are you gonna hide it? Is it gonna remain now on your hard drive instead of like on a VHS tape, or are you gonna like let it out for mass consumption? And then that's when all like the SAG was starting to come into play. I think with our film group, we started going union and hiring, like outsourcing for like the cinematographer and the sound, like on our fifth film, which is a film I wrote called Manahar. And it was great. Um, and we shot some of it in Mexico, actually. Wow. <laughs> um, and yeah, we started getting more bold and uh, and we could put a couple more of our own bucks into each of our projects. So I was going to ask you, like, so, I mean, obviously each one of them, you think you've got to be thinking to yourself, can someone else put the money into this? Like, is there anybody out there that wants to deficit finance my projects? But it seems like your attitude is, doesn't seem like you, you're, that you're not letting that stop you, whether people do or not. And, and, and how, how do you, um, how do you come to terms with that with yourself of like, when is enough enough or you just don't care? Like what's, I mean, I do because it's like it's 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 tricky surviving, you know, and making this choice because, you know, I wear a lot of hammy, not hammy down, but hammy over clothes from friends and, and, you know, um, um, but and it's a choice. It's like, oh, sure. Do I want a cool new sweater or would I do I want to pay for my film to be colored and, you know, um, mixed properly and um it, and sometimes those are like, oh, I would really like a sweater now. Yeah, but, but you know, a sweater, then what? Yeah, you know, three what? years, you need a new sweater because you worn that one out and fucking. Yeah. But now you got a film that's colored and it looks good. It looks and good. Like, or, you know, as, as, it looks as good as the person I could get at the time. And sure. So, I mean, A, a for effort for sure, but. Um, no, I never, I really tried not to let it stop me. And, and I mean, I'm still waiting tables at this point. Like, at, like, I really, up until like 2014, when I got fired again, uh, um, is, you know, yeah, I was always, I did a couple GoFundMes or whatever those things are called. Mm-hmm. And then, then I took out loans. I took out loans to the credit card. I mean, ever you hear it. And because with the GoFundMe stuff, you can't keep going back to the same people yeah. and be like, can you donate? I'm doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, I guess you get you feel a little bit um, kind of weird well, plus about it. Plus, people are like, well, "What ha- what happened, happened to the last one? They're gonna keep one. adding, yeah. keep asking <laughs> you that question." Made the you other one, and you're like, yeah, I still don't got it. Uh, <laughs> so no, I never let it uh, slow me down. Now, um, so where did you meet Sally? Um, uh, so there's a there was a reading group here in LA Tuesdays at nine, and so she was. Uh, she was going to Tuesdays at nine, and I was going to Tuesdays at nine when I lived here, and also when I would pop back from New York. Okay. Because when I would pop back from New York, I'd be here for a couple of weeks. Okay, so that's how you did. So you were here every year. You were out here for a while every year. Every year, I've been out here you, for a couple times. Weeks. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, Do you not live out here now? No, I live in New York. Oh right wow! Still okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I mean, last year I was. I, I laughed because in the beginning of nineteen, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to go to L.A. unless I'm really like. I get I hit like a career lottery kind of gig and whatever and but I wound up I was out here for like months last year working on different projects and stuff like that so and again it's like whatever airline ticket I can get and and my parents were my mom's in Colorado my dad up until last year was in Arizona so I would like puddle jump around the west coast to see everybody and make it make it it happen like you just make it happen 
And you, so, so as I had alluded to in the beginning, when I met you, you were helping produce and well, who knows what you weren't doing on that thing. I mean, you were doing pretty much a little bit of everything on uh, the short film, Someone You Know, which I believe, John, you've seen that film. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's won a uh, bunch of awards. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And Saw it on my birthday. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Happy birthday again. Um, it's a fun film. But what I noticed at that point, because you had also shot your own pilot, and we were fortunate enough, I think you may have seen it in one of the film festival that I ended up going into, correct? That's probably when you ended up seeing it. We invited a bunch of people out for that. Um, with the small? Uh, Dances with Films. Is that where you showed yeah, up to I just see so. it? Yeah, Was that like oh. Newport or somewhere? Or no, 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 no. Dances with Films was at... Uh, um, L- in uh, LA, the Chi- Grom's uh, Chinese. Grom, yeah, Chinese Theater. It's a great we, film it, festival. I think that's where you came. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But my point is... Um, uh, that that's how I met you, and it was like I, I was noticing how self sufficient when you were like dialed into everything from, you know, whether it's a, a, a film permit or getting cameras or you know what I mean like you just you were like, and I was like okay because you kept talking about well you know I know I, I'm an actor and I'm like well you may be but um, <laughs> what you're doing right now you're also a machine so you're running so, the show so um, and I and I often wondered like how you I, I understand there's always a survival aspect of it. But how you come to terms with the fact that when you find out that you're really good at other stuff too, how it's a delicate balance, right? Because there could be other gigs for you out there. And I know we talked about that before about people chasing the money and just doing their thing because you you do it well, you do it really well, and it's like you could very easily just go into that world. And it's um, as we had uh, Darlene Hunt was one of our guests. Oh my- and we talked about it, and she talks openly about the fact that it's hard sometimes being a showrunner and knowing that you really would rather be the star in that show. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just curious, like, how you have balanced the fact that you have two skills. I, I mean, I just, I want both, I want each skill to serve the other. I want yeah. each skill to serve the other. Um, and it is hard, because, like, there were there many times, like, in, in 2010 and 2011, I was interning at a really a very, very busy TV casting office. Like, they were casting network shows. And they wouldn't read me. And, I mean, and they were reading... Because you were working there? I, I don't know. I don't. I think because they saw me as just the office bunny. And, and you know, and I was like... And I... It was so hard because I was seeing types just like me. Yeah, basically they're like, hey, we need someone who looks like her. Uh, five, <laughs> two, five, three, blonde, blue, quirky... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really quirky. Like Stephanie. Someone who spent time working what? in a casting office. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not you. Not you. Somebody Anybody who's never really worked you. in one. Like, you know, and so it was so, it can be so heartbreaking, but I learned how casting works. Yeah. I learned how, and that was a really tremendous insight. So I was like, you know what? I'll let this fuel me. I was going to say, what, what is the, like, what is the driver? Are you still thinking to, about being nine years old and that first time you saw Anything a film shoot? Anything to be close shoot? to it. So like, yeah. So yeah. you're, that's how, that's how I am at this point. I'm just like, yeah, what do you need? Yeah, yeah I can yeah, do that. Yeah. That puts me on set. That puts me near a, a bag of M&Ms that I can get my hands on and then hang out with people I like with similar interests and be around all day. And Yeah. And you also never know, like maybe there would have been somebody there that like, who works in the production office that I would like, it's good networking kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's like opportunity. I'd rather be doing that than I'd rather be working 12 hours interning in a, in a casting office than 
someplace that I don't want to be for four hours. And so, yeah. I, I, right. Making even more money. To, making but, more but money. Why? Or, for yeah. what? And what is the point of all of it at the end of that? So, so I was just like, and so like I said, I learned, you know, how they, how they, how that process works. So, yeah. but so, and, and then in the meantime, yes, I was getting small parts here and there, I think, uh, in New York. Enough to keep you hanging Enough on. Enough to be like, okay, yeah. Like, I found, like, each year I would get, there was, like, a bone thrown at me. A law and order here Ooh. or a commercial there or um, um, or I, here I came and did an episode of The Neighbors, um, uh, that that kind of thing. Like, there was, so, it was just like, okay, okay, kind of keep your foot on the accelerator. Kinda. Yeah, you're, you're doing whatever. Like, that's when, when you get that in the back of your head, you're like, okay. What I'm doing, I'm doing right because I got this. You know what I mean? Yeah, so the things right. that have led to this, I'm obviously making the right choices because I just got But that. more right. importantly, you said you did a law and order. Did you get to be one of the people that's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember now I remember like there was the guy over like did you get to have to be the one that moved the move the investigation forward lines or, or what, what it, no. the guy, or were you in the beginning when we don't know we're following you and we don't know who you are, but then you find the dead body and then you're never in it again. I was actually it was a small part that then was cut to even smaller part but i was the victim oh. and i was a quadriplegic a raped quadriplegic and it holy was, shit i know so it was like but i was really grateful for the gig and to be around it and you know cool credit and yeah like, it's part you earn your new york stripes it's like in that one did you have to go to the courtroom and, and do a tearful story a re no, recollection or they wound up then just using my face just, I think, in the media room, like, at the time. Like, so, it, I mean, it got cut, 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 cut. Right, right. But, and, but it's... It's but still, who, that doesn't, you, your pay didn't get cut, meaning, like, they didn't offer you some money, and then when they cut your roll down, you get less money. Like, you still make that money. Yeah, you still you, make the money. You still like, get the residuals. You're still in the law and order. Well, you still want to, you know. I know, no, I, I get it, I get it, but there are, like, I, 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 I don't want to... But it was a bone. Like, it was yeah, a gig, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and that was the point of that. And if that gig served, like served me to like as a as an indicator to just keep going then i'm super grateful for it but yes. again you're also like, going back to the theory you're on a set you're watching everything that's happening, happening around you they were super nice yep. you know i met some really cool people um yeah and, the, and then with those residuals like then i could put that back into my own sort of next project which it might have been a short film which was a precursor for my feature or a pilot that um I shot called Killing the Apologetic Girl. And that's the funny thing. So, like, so I shot a, a, a project, Killing the Apologetic Girl, and again, I'm thinking, okay, well, NBC's going to come running out after me because this is so fun and so cute and so timely, and it's such a social commentary on, like, women and their, beha their you know, behaviorally speaking, like, we're so apologetic as a species. Um, and so I was definitely expecting network calls and, like, all this stuff, and, it, it, and nothing. It was crickets. But there was a producer who saw that. So it was my commercial. I was like, why am I going to send it to my commercial agent? But I was like, oh, here's Stacey. Look at this. Like, if you want, just for fun, here's my last thing. I, then I was in that. Like, I produced it so I could be in it. And just that week, a producer friend reached out to her and said, hey, listen, I know you only represent people commercially, but do you know anybody, like, 40s, blonde, quirky, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, let me show you stuff's pilot that she just shot and that she saw that i auditioned for then the other person's show and i booked the lead for that and so we shot like eight episodes and it's called the other f word 
eight or six. I forget. We shot a lot. We shot over two years. Wow. And so that pilot that I that I made happen, it di- it yielded different kind of food. Right. And I think yeah, you've got to did, that. It didn't shoot out so everyone in the world is seeing it, but the people that saw it liked it enough, and they liked then, you, and it led to another job. And it led to a really great Work gig. begets work. work. Yeah. And even though it's work that I'm making, ha- so it's that. But that's it. You're 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 now you're forging because if you don't do that short, if you go well, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to take the time. I want to focus on auditions. They well, never so my, see you. My commercial agent would never have been like, they oh, I didn't see you. see you like this. I always just saw you as like somebody who pops in with like pizza and some wine once a year. Like, mm-hmm. like. But then she saw me as like a legit, really like bi- like busy working because I was making this thing happen and doing on camera and my on camera work kind of suffered because I was doing so much of the production stuff but like so then then I did the other F word for two years like through you know diff- you know it was a crazy timeline because we shot it out of order and all that stuff like that and and the other F word did really well and it secured me a really great manager in LA like so then so that just led me to that yeah. there's like little different Building blocks. Well, before we get you out of here, I, the, the one thing I, I want to talk about because obviously, you know, your your story is a journey of commitment and, and love and passion for something. Dedication. And um, the last time you were out here, um, you were helping with yet another one of our projects, yes. which you know, Darlene obviously was affiliated with. But um, and can't wait for that one to finally, you know, be done. It's been a while, yes, right? Yes. But that being said. Um, the story that you told me um, about a project was w- what what blew me away, and I think that this what the reason why I want you to tell this story is I think for a lot of people, um, they need to understand that sometimes things just take time, and you can't lose your mind, and you just never know when things fall into place in the most random or what seems to be random way, and it was in relationship to the project that you ended up creating and directing. Oh, Coach Von Pigeon. Yeah. And if you wouldn't just take us on that little journey of when you started that thing and, and how just matter of fact that all kind of fell into place and what ended up happening with um, that. Sure. The, so the, the um, in, I forget, like in 2018, I, I shot a pilot that I wrote and I shot that in New York and it was called The Small or it's called The Small. And I was just buried in post-production and it's a, it's a grounded comedy uh, more in the vein of like the Woody Allen, and but I was really, um, really like lost in some of the the editing and to, to distract myself and to like procrastinate. Um, um, I wrote another pilot. <laughs> like, so I don't want to do this anymore. Summer. I'm gonna go over here and write something. Yeah, else. right. <laughs> I was like, just for, like I just needed to put the pause button, like to get a get away from the small for a minute. And so yeah, I wrote Coach Von Pigeon, and in the meantime. Uh, funnier die had seen um, my f- the first project, my first k- pilot, killing the apologetic girl, and they liked it. And I think it was showcased on their um, s- a certain page they had, and then and they're like, "We like it. What else do you have?" And then I went back with them when I finished the small, and I was like, "Oh, and I've got and this is the finished product of the small." And they're like, "This is really cool," but again, that wasn't their wheelhouse because it was more like more grounded comedy and um and they're like what else do you have and i was like blah i got xyz whatever and then i've got this other crazy crazy pilot called coach von pigeon but it's out there it's so wackadoo like and they're like let's see they're like what is it and so and they were really nice because they actually read it like and they actually watched because they like i was just at this point like 
like so like tired because people will read like a page or two or watch the first minute or two and then say oh, I didn't really get it. Ah, uh, yeah. And I was like, well, you you know, like when they she turns the right corner, like whatever. And they're like, huh? But they they took the time to watch the stuff that I sent them and read the stuff that I sent them, and they were amazing. And they're like. Okay, we could. We, there were so many different things we could do with Coach Von Pigeon, but like, could you break it down into like short episodes? And we're like, sure, 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 um, and more in a sketch format. And I, I'm my strength is not sketch, so I reached out to a guy that I met on the film festival circuit um, with the small, and that's why those film festivals are really great, and because it widens your network. And we wrote the sketch version of this. And um, and they really responded well to them, and so they're like, okay, let's shoot them, and we wound up shooting them, and uh, like they were under they were, their like in their production. Well, you skipped the best part. Wh- which oh, which part? When you came out for what we were making, and you're like, hey, I'm just in town. I'm just curious. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, because like because it, it you, you you're truncating it, but this is over time. Oh yeah, this, this is, is over. Like, like my relationship with them was like over a couple of years, and just like any time I came to LA, I would just like. Hey, I'm back in LA. If you want to have a coffee, or like, and they, and sometimes they would be like, "Yeah, sure, come in. Say, you know, say hi. What, tell us what you're up to." And then other times, I wouldn't hear from them. I wouldn't get a call back because they were probably too busy with like, you know, their million things. And, um, but, and unfortunately, what happened was last year. I'll like get a little deep for a second. My father passed away in March, and I was paralyzed with grief, and I, I could not, I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I was on the floor. I was wailing. For, I mean, I couldn't stop wailing. And I wailed myself to where I couldn't walk. And because I w- was so tense and, I mean, I literally, somebody had to come over and help me get, get me out of bed and take me to the urgent care. Because I was so, so sad. And so... Sally had called and said, I think we're going to shoot other plans. And, like, you try to not let people on, like, how much you're suffering. Like, I would be honest with people. But she's like, we're gonna, we're thinking about the end of June. And I was like, okay, okay. And she's like, we'd love for you to come and be a part of it. And I was like, okay. And it was interesting because, like, my body knew. I know this sounds crazy because I didn't want to go on pills. I didn't want to do, like, the whole pill thing and whatever. And my body knew to get better. And I swear to God by the, like, the the day before I was meant to fly out here, I like was walking like with no problem, like it was so crazy because it was just like oh your your calling is calling again and 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 the grief had sort of not run not run its course but it had worked that part of it through you the, so like that, that you were first initial you know punch in the face yeah. punch in the gut but I mean it it yeah. it, it the do- black yeah. eye healed right before you it was amazing and then so. With when I came out here for that, I only came out here to to shoot other plans. I I, I was like, okay, I'll call Funny or Die, and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm back out, and they're like, yeah, come back in for a minute. Well, we want to talk to you more about Coach Von Pigeon, and that's how that happened. Really? So it's like had Sally not had said like, you know, because I pro- by that point I was just like, you know, I'm back in New York. I can't walk. So <laughs> what am I gonna do? I call Funny or Die and be like, hey, but and so and. Yeah, and they that and they're like, okay, let's. We think something's gonna happen, and then so we shot other plans and we worked our buns off for it, and it was a really great production. And then 
it was time for me to go home. And I went home. And two weeks later, I got a call. They're like, can you start Monday on Coach Von Pigeon? And I was like, well, I guess I'm getting back on that plane again. Wow. <laughs> so came back and shot. And they were very, very um, cool and um, generous with the the credit and the um, the responsibility and opportunities they gave me to serve as like showrunner and co EP. Yeah, that's we're giving you credit for your idea. Right, right. What a is, novel, and, crazy thing I know, to and have happen. A lot of these platforms, these a lot of comedy platforms. I know one in particular, um, and their ideas. They want sole credit. They want sole credit. I mean, there's more than one, but one in particular yeah. I know is real is scummy. Terrible real reputation scummy. for doing this to mostly female creators. Ugh. And they want, a, you know, instead of giving, you're right, credit where credit is due. Yeah, I mean, you created the show. You brought it to them. For them to go, look at what we have now. Yeah, right. And it's like, like, yeah, but without me, what do you have? But they were they were awesome, and it was a really supportive team and very supportive of female content creators. And Another rare thing, especially, you know, two, three years ago. So, to- I mean, yeah, and then they said, you know, direct, and I did. and But... I'd only the only other directing credit I had was the pilot that I had made happen myself, and right. so had I not had my own directing credit, but I made that happen. Yeah, were you a little bit nervous on the directing just because it's, you're gonna are you, you're in it too? So it's like oh, the, and but Coach One Pigeon, I was not in. not in. Okay, and that's the thing. Right, there okay. was a, there was it, it was set up a, a particular model of how they want, and so it was like okay. Um, but that was fine. And so you could focus on that without having to work. Yeah, and she also had to pay for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, you right, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't no, have to I spend did your own money to but make that's it. That's the thing. I was just like, oh my God, I've never, I've never not paid. <laughs> Worked with someone else's so. money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other, you know, yeah, for the most part. I mean, with some of the, some of the short films that with Sally and um, Peter and that's, They've served served as executive producers, and um, but you know, yeah, Funny or Die was just an amazing platform to work with, and um, so it was a real, it was a really cool, cool uh, experience. That's well, awesome. it it just goes to show you that you plug away, plug away, and you keep go, you keep moving. Check in every once in a while. Somebody can get back to you. It ain't the end of the world, right? You're doing what you're doing. Follow and up. It, I I think it's like persistence what do i say something like you know without harassment or like because yeah there's a fine line there's a fine line you don't want to be annoying or borderline psychotic yeah but the idea that like i mean just think about how many emails you've gotten that you know you're you're trying to answer everything you're trying to figure out a day or whatever and then you miss one email then you see it like a couple of days later, and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm really sorry. I'm just getting back to you yeah. right now." You know, so just think that if that's ever happened to you, it happens to everybody. So sometimes you're going to email people, and they're not going to get back to you right away. Like you said, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the just world. Give it a second. There's no need to like email, email again, email again, text, 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 call, call, call. You know, you just well, when uh, you email with updates, it's like, oh yeah, I'm in town because I'm shooting. This is why I'm back in LA. I'm shooting <laughs> this. So. Always a like a like a purpose almost. Uh, I just look at it. To me, that story encapsulates everything else you just told us today. Yeah, yeah. It really uh. sums up about who you are, how you go about living your life, how you deal with the highs and lows of something, and how it still gets taken care of in the end. Well, and and you know what was really amazing. And this time, someone took care of you. Yeah, and they were, and they did take care of me. They were, they're, they're. It's. Amazing, and they give a lot of emerging filmmakers uh, like opportunities, 
And so, and if they help launch a lot of careers, um, you know, and the, and like on a personal note, eventually my father came back around and he beca- he was super supportive. Which and is why you were probably devastated when he passed away. Well, sure. Well, yeah. what, but the, and I don't know if you know this, but I get a, I get a, basically a, a message from my, my father's wife and her camp. And so we didn't bury my father right away. And so I get a message a week before we're about to shoot and the first day of production they tell me that my uh, the, so my father's family says we're going to bury your father which is the day of the first day of production and i said we we've waited a, we've waited several months so his wife could kind of get her ducks in an order and sell the house and do everything like we've waited several months can you just give me a, just a couple of weeks and they said no we're burying him this day and it was the first day of, of we were shooting coach von pigeon and it was amazing because the, they were burying him in the East Coast at 10 a.m. And my call time was 7 a.m. here. which So I was walking onto set as a director the same moment they're putting him in earth, like the earth. And I was like, he's more with me than he is with you. And, and it was like this beautiful moment. And because I had to come to, because they wouldn't, I was like, this is the biggest <clears throat> thing. This is the biggest opportunity and it was just a not cool move on them, and no, you know, it's, a, it's definitely not a cool move. Not a cool move, and but I really had to look at the spiritual aspect of what was going on, and like he he can't, he supported me in the end. Yeah, yeah. If they were putting something in yeah. the ground that wasn't that was like not what the vessel. Your dad, no. you know what I mean? Like that's not. Uh, yeah, he was he was more with me at, yeah. at ten a.m. or seven yeah. a.m. East, you know, Pacific time. Than yeah. you know, and you know. That's you know, yeah. I I I knew he was here with me. It's perspective, right? Love it, Stephanie. What else? So that's a touching story. I don't know how to turn this into a business thing, but no, I know. <laughs> if there is, I mean, you. I know you have some other stuff that's out there, and 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 it's, and it's looking really good. So obviously, you know, we wish nothing but the best, and we hope oh to God, have you back promoting you. and talking about more of the other stuff. Is there any of the other stuff that you have that you would like to send people to if you if you'd love people to see? Some of your work that is out there publicly that you would like them to take a look at? Oh, no. You know what? I think I'm going to be releasing some of, like, the pilots onto YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. I'll really send them out into the universe. And then just, you know, no, I mean, yeah, just watch watch for those, the small and killing the apologetic girl. And But the Funny or Die stuff is still out, correct? Oh, Coach One Pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, the Funny, yeah, Funny or Die. It's on Funny or Die. It's an original, it's an original series on Funny or Die. And, and so fun. It's so fun. And... But I learned the hard comedy can is very hard. Yeah, <laughs> it can yeah. be a very serious business too. <laughs> it was very. I I like made a joke. I was like, I understand the die part. <laughs> <laughs> What's the funny coming in? I was like, because I want to die right now. Yeah. yeah, there were many four a.m. mornings. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, like oh, yeah. going to either leaving or or coming, or coming in. Yeah, right, like, right. Uh, but back at it, shooting a short film. Um, like with some other people this weekend. Absolutely no slowing down. Why? Does yeah. she know how to? No. But you, but you don't want to. What's the point? But I don't why, want to. Yeah, why would yeah, you? Yeah, if you want to, you will. It's that simple. Right. You've gotten anything out of this. Right. 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 But no, I was still, still in it. Crushing it. Stephanie Little, everybody. So thank, thank you, you very much yeah. for, uh, for coming so by. Thank you. Talk about our Appreciate it. Our journeys. Well, oh, yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's I, I, I firmly believe this kind of stuff is helpful to other people who, just even in regular life, you know what I mean? There's perseverance and there's, 
you know, just because things aren't going your way doesn't mean you're going to stop and you just got to keep going. And Keep going. That's kind of like, uh, you could use it as a metaphor for existence. Yep. And remember, it's easy to piss somebody off. It's hard to make them laugh. Try to Ooh. make them laugh. That's a very good point. Uh, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.